Welcome to this week's episode of the Aviator South Africa podcast, Aviation Sunday episode 13. My name is Kabir and I'm the host on the show with Warwick. Today on the show we'll be joined by our fellow aviation enthusiasts Thomas and Devosh. Today on the show we'll be talking about the future of narrowbody airliners, US passenger numbers plateauing, and Heathrow T5 is becoming a one-world hub. Send us your questions at theaviatorsouthafrica at gmail.com or in the comments section below for future Q&As. Enjoy the podcast. This episode is in association with African Pilot Magazine. Subscribe to Africa's finest aviation magazine today. For more information, go to www.africanpilot.co.za. Producing this content takes a lot of time and effort. Therefore, why don't you become a member of our channel through Buy Me A Coffee or on our website. This will assist us financially and allow us to continue providing quality aviation content to South Africa and beyond. As a member of our channel, you will receive members-only aviation tech content reviews, get early YouTube videos and podcasts, and even get featured on our podcast and YouTube episodes. To do this, click on the links in the description. There's a Buy Me A Coffee link and there's a, a link in our website. If you click on the link to our website, you will get a 10-day free trial and then you can decide whether you'd like to continue. Alternatively, just buy us a coffee on the link below. $5 a coffee. Thank you for supporting us. Enjoy the episode. The future of narrowbody airliners is a very debatable question. At the moment, we have the Airbus A220 and the A320 family, the Boeing 737 family and the Embraer E175 or E195. So what is a narrowbody airliner? Well... A narrowbody airliner is an aircraft with a single aisle and is generally used for short to medium hauled routes. A narrowbody aircraft or single aisle aircraft is an airliner arranged along a single aisle permitting up to six abrace seating in a cabin below 4 meters, which is 13 feet of width. At the moment, the Boeing 737 MAX aircraft are giving Boeing trouble due to the extended grounding. Meanwhile, Airbus is doing much better because they just released their new versions and the A220. So what does everybody think about the future of narrow-body airliners? Well, Devash, and I think it's a very debatable topic like Warwick mentioned. And um, everybody in the industry is really going to try and make a more fuel-efficient, more effective narrow-body airliner. And it's such an interesting topic um, that we thought we'd included in this week's episode. So the 737 MAX. Where on earth can we start? The aircraft has been grounded for, I think, more than a year now, in fact. It's been so long. And they, has, they um, recently went on its um, air directive and airworthiness tests, and the results are still unclear. But recently, um, the Boeing 737-800, which hasn't really had many issues, also had to go do an emergency AD, airworthiness directive. Um, and that was issued by the FAA. So Boeing are really not in a good state. But Warwick, what do you think? 
Well, I agree that Boeing isn't in a good state, especially because of the problems with the Max at the moment, you know. I mean, it's also such a shame for them. And, you know, I think they must be looking at creating a new narrowbody airliner like the A320, I mean, sorry, A220, because there's not much in its class. It's like an, it's some, it's by itself. And then, of course, you've also got the, um, you've got to look at the redesign of the 737 or completely dumping it and creating a new plane or aircraft because, you know, the problems with the 737 is just it's it's need they they want to make it more fuel efficient and everything, which means that they've got to create bigger engines and fans, and because of the size of the seven three seven engines and how low it is to the ground, this is quite a problem for Boeing. So I think I think as as Kabir said, it's a very interesting very interesting topic. And back to what you said of developing new aircraft, I think it's going to be so interesting because you, there's no way to accurately predict what's what anyone's going to do i mean we thought we'd have flying cars by 2020 but in actual fact no we have a device where you can talk to someone from across the world i mean it's it's so interesting and obviously you can predict but you know it's, it's just you'll just have to see how it pans out it looks like it's going to be a very interesting journey um, that is very interesting, Tom, that you mentioned. Well, I mean, some, some people may have seen the movie Back to the Future. I can't remember which it was. But they said in 2020, they're going to be flying cars. And that was kind of the extent of aviation. Now, although we're not there, we're making some headway with other aviation topics, um, such as like Uber Air, um, whatever it's called, Uber um, are doing their own helicopter service. And it's called, I've forgotten the specific name now, um, my bad, but it's very interesting because that's looking at taking passengers from the airport to the city and then having this kind of capsule which will, when the aircraft lands, it detaches the propeller system and the capsule drives them to their destination. So this is the future of aviation, right? But COVID-19 has turned this whole thing upside down in one go and it's really hard to see what the future does hold because currently we can only see now in the present. We used to be able to see in the future, but at least for me, it's very difficult to imagine the future. Does the future mean always wearing masks? Does it mean never going on a plane again? Who knows, right? But slowly we are going to shift out of this COVID-19 crisis. Warwick? Well, I mean, it's very interesting that you, meant, that you and Tom mentioned like electric cars and stuff. Because, you know, Airbus have got their flying car concept, which they've been working on, which is essentially operated by placing a car body on a set of wheels. And then, yeah, you can come get a drone to pick it up. And then it just lifts the car body off the wheels and, you know, puts you onto another wheel um, and axle system further away. Which, I mean, that's possible. Or that's showing that it is possible so I think we will see new interesting narrowbody airliners. Well, um, what I think is that narrowbody airliners are very like, uh, what's this word now? It's like productive, you know. I, I can't really get the word, but yeah, productive. Because instead of bu- uh, buying like a long haul or something like that, narrowbodies are probably the easiest to buy yes and they're probably the cheapest yes that's definitely true because as you said 
they're more productive they do more many more flights per day or even week because but the flights are shorter you know so they've got to be equipped for more takeoffs and especially landings into like the landing gear and the durability has to be you know top notch could be a Definitely, Warwick. So this has been a very interesting discussion. Um, and we'll have to wait and see what the future holds for us. So we are now going to be talking about a very scary topic, um, which is not in the aviation industry's favor, coming up. Stay with us. London Heathrow Airport is known for many things, but mostly Heathrow Terminal 5. Terminal 5 has been the hub for British Airways for many years. It was solely for British Airways and recently Iberia. However, T5 is now becoming a one-world hub. In the past few weeks, it has been announced by BA's sister airline, American Airlines, that they will be permanently moving to T5. This was a big decision, but ultimately made sense. A few days ago, Japan Airlines, or JAL, also put out the news that they'd be moving to Terminal 5. Recently, Qatar Airways also moved from Terminal 2 to Terminal 5. With these major changes, Terminal 5 has become a one-world hub. This is great for one-world travellers because changing terminals at London Heathrow can be a challenge. These major moves have been brought by the COVID-19 pandemic mostly because of the little demand for travel. This is very exciting news considering the Terminal 5 has been monopolised by British Airways for a long time. This decision actually increased demand because it's allowing passengers to fly easier between these airlines. So what does everybody think about this? Because personally I'm, you know, very excited because it means that there's going to be, well number one, there's going to be a much higher demand for travel um, because there is it's much easier to stay in one you know terminal so i think it's going to benefit a lot of the airlines involved such as um, jl qatar um, and united so it's definitely according to me going to benefit and it's a nice it's also quite a nice way to recover after covid because um it's it's not been it's not changing too much in the way that the airlines work it's just changing uh, but in the way which they operate, if you know what I mean, it's not they. It's not that they're retiring aircraft. It's not that they're having to cut jobs. It just means that they're having to slightly change the you know arrangement of how they work and which terminal they work from. Which because it's gonna make it's well it's gonna make travel from different airlines much more you know un- united if you know what I mean. It's going to be much more together. It's not just going to be British Airways alone in Terminal 5. So what does everybody else think, Kabir? So, Warwick, that is a very interesting point. And it, it is going to make travel a lot more unified, united. And having a one-world hub, it's such a strategic thing. And it's so interesting to see this play out. But for me, as a, um, I'm obsessed with one world and British Airways and BA just has a special place in my heart and the 747 is just so wonderful. But every time I go to Heathrow, it's such a feast for the eyes, if I could say that as an aviation geek, because you're just looking at this whole terminal full of BA planes, occasionally an Iberia one here or there. And it's going to be sad seeing um, other airlines take over the space where British Airways used to take it. 
But I do think it will make, it will actually increase demand. It will benefit um, passengers, JAL, BA, Finnair, American, Iberia. I mean, that's a lot of airlines. And it's really going to be a great thing for Heathrow, British Airways and One World. Tom? So I think I think it's very interesting that you mentioned that, and I totally agree. It's, it's so it's like such a cool thing to see all the BA planes in one spot. But I mean, I really think it's a, a step in the right direction that they're taking that, because I mean, it it'll just it benefits a lot of airlines so well. I, it's just like why would you not do it? I mean, obviously, there's no there's going to be no more of that all BA plane section. But you know, I think it's um, more pros than cons in my opinion. Yes, definitely. And the reason I think this is such a strategic move is, you know, Heathrow takes a lot of um, planning. You move from Terminal 5 to Terminal 2, you've got to take the transit, then you've got to walk, then you've got to etc. And so um, in a time where COVID is so bold and you're trying to limit your travel, having all of the airlines in the one in one place is such a great thing as well as being able to earn points on all of the airlines in the same terminal. So you can go to all of the airlines, lounges, etc. with your points from British Airways, even if you're flying with Finnair or JAL, for example. So it's really great to see. Because, I mean, we recently heard that American were joining the pack, and I thought, wow, this is quite a bold move. And it is. But when Finnair, JAL, Iberia, once everything started to kind of collate at London Heathrow Terminal 5, that's when it became a lot more serious. So, Devarshan? Well, to me, I think that uh, Terminal 5 as a one-world hub is a good idea because, like, as you do say, there's a lot of, like, uh, British Airways planes. Sorry, I'm repeating what Tom Ankabia said. British Airways plane in, in one spot. So it'll be quite cool seeing a mixture of different airlines in one spot. Definitely. And it's interesting, from South African perspective, we never have one airline for one terminal, whereas this is completely different. So we'll have to wait and see how this One World Hub transforms. That's your volume 5172, we are descending flight level 70 on course to Sierra Papa Lima. So this video is a two-part series due to the overall length. But our second part didn't have really as much content. So we thought um, for this week, we're going to do a bit of change of plans. This week there will not be an Aviation Sunday episode, but rather we will be giving our video to the public, our first aviation history video featuring KLM Royal Dutch Airlines next week Sunday. So stay tuned for that coming up. And welcome to this brand new series on the Aviator South Africa Aviation History. My name is Kabir and I'm the host on the show with Warwick. Today on the show, we'll be talking about the history of one of the oldest airlines still operating in the world, KLM. We hope that you are going to enjoy this new venture with us. Remember to give us some feedback in the comment section and please give us a like and make sure to subscribe. Also, turn on notifications so you don't miss our upcoming videos. Enjoy the episode.
Initially, it seemed as though passenger numbers were climbing in the US. However, this is rapidly changing. A new statistic released this week from TSA is suggesting that the passenger numbers are plateauing instead of climbing. This means that they are not growing, but rather staying consistently low for a period of time. This is very worrying. This makes it seem as though the aviation industry in the US is going to have a choppy recovery. This means there's not going to be an easy recovery for the rest of the industry throughout the world. South Africa's aviation industry is also going to be facing some tough challenges in the future for the same reason as the US. There is a long journey ahead for the industry. We are now going to have a discussion about the aviation industry and it's actually very scary with the US passenger numbers. But we're going to bring the situation back to South Africa um, and really have a discussion about this. So, um, it's really hectic actually what is going on around the aviation industry um, and who knows, right, what's going to happen and what the future holds, like we said with narrow bodies. So recently, um, African Pilot Magazine, a uh, big shout out to them. Thank you for helping us with everything in general. They um, um, went scouting to some of the South African airlines, Semair, Airlink, etc. And we're not going to run you through their findings, but we're going to have a discussion about the situation in South Africa. So currently, um, with Semair, I mean, what, what people are seeing is, um, you know, it's very hard because a lot of flight training, now this doesn't come to mind, but a lot of airlines use international simulators to do their training. So same apparently 60% of their training um, is overseas. Now with lockdown, it's virtually impossible to do this. It's only repatriation flights, etc. that are happening. So how are you meant to get your, your crew, which you are working on, to um, overseas to do the flight training. So this made it very difficult. Another interesting thing is the demand, um, they're seeing very low passenger numbers and static growth. So the growth, it's not, the growth is not rapidly going, but it's rather being fairly static. And um, the US, it's, it's just plateauing and it's very hard to see what is going on. Um, so Tom? So as you said, it's such a, it's such a scary thought. I mean, even including the, the, the semi thing, um, the US passengers, if, if people aren't going to come back to aviation soon, it, the industry in the US might take a very, very hard hit. And I think it's, it's, it's so scary to see. I mean, the only way we can get, you can get customers back, um, is by actually like giving, uh, something to, for lack of a better term, sweeten the pot, um, so that to convince people to go back on, and obviously that's that's a last resort type of thing, and it's kind of scary that we'll have to be resorting to that if if things don't change in the near future. Yes, I definitely agree with you both, and especially yeah, can be can be as you said, it's a static growth. It's not dynamic. It's not moving. It's just staying stationary. It's it grow it grew, but now it's just. It's stationary. It's not growing anymore. Um, admittedly, it's not shrinking again, which is good. But, I mean, also the U.S., with all their cases at the moment, it's just an absolute nightmare because the cases are growing so rapidly um, that, you know, they can't really start up. And I think 
the one of the reasons why it's plateauing is because um, people are now getting more scared, you know, to go out because of the fact that they've got to, you know, they well they're worried about getting COVID and they've got over four and a half million cases now in the U.S. and so that's not they're not doing very well at the moment. So I think a lot of people are getting scared and they're staying at home, which is why it's plateauing. So it's ro- it's risen to a point of um, the barest minimum people who need to travel, but then there still are the people who are, but then they're the people who are scared. So it's not growing anymore. That's definitely a very good point, Tom and Warwick. This industry is quite a major player in the aviation market. Lots of airlines, international, domestic, and the US is a big country. Um, So you have to use air travel. Air travel is important. It will take you years, not years, but you know what I mean, uh, metaphorically, a long time to cross um, from one side to another. But we've recently seen that a couple of US airlines, we're not going to dive deep in that. Maybe we will do that about um, something um, in another episode. But a lot of these airlines have had to furlough cabin crew pilots. I know United's regional, um, I think American furlough is on the horizon and it varies by airline. And it's just so difficult to see what the future holds. And, And for cabin crew and pilots who know what is going to happen and it's um it's such a shame because you know fellow voluntary leave it's a whole nother story and we should be doing this in another episode actually but it's a long journey ahead and if one of the biggest countries and the biggest place in the aviation industry is struggling to um you know keep up the passenger market even when it seems oh yes we are slowly starting to improve etc then it's very scary and it's a very difficult thought. Um, Devashan, do you think that it is going to be um, a very long journey or is it, do you think it's going to resolve itself quite quickly? Well, Kabir, yes, I do think it's going to be a very long journey for the U.S. Uh, the US uh, aviation industry because it, it will take, quite some time to get back up because right now the US cases are like bouncing off the rooftops. That's true. They're bouncing off the rooftops and it's very hard to control it. And when you have a government like the US who aren't taking direct responsibility or it's not like a government, a whole country mandate where states have so much power. I mean, our provinces to some extent have power um, etc., like in Cape Town or Western Cape, you can't buy alcohol at a certain time on a Sunday or those little things. But in the US, the states have complete control whether or not masks should be mandated, etc. And that is also struggling with the aviation industry because you, at the same time, you're trying to keep your passengers safe, build up your demand, and it's very hard to see the future and it's very hard to keep it going. So, this is definitely very concerning. The numbers are very concerning, but we'll have to just wait and see. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Aviator South Africa. By the way, we also have a YouTube channel, which is an extension of our podcast. To find our YouTube channel, go to youtube.com and search for The Aviators South Africa. Thank you for supporting us. Happy flying.
thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Aviator South Africa. We'll see you next time on next week Sunday, 3 p.m. South African time. Please stay safe, stay home. Together we can beat the coronavirus. Hashtag stay home South Africa. To find out more about the coronavirus, visit sacoronavirus.co.za for more information. There's also a WhatsApp support number at 0600-123-456. That is 0600-123-456. Stay safe, South Africa.